Welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in all areas of your life, personal, spiritual, and professional. We seek to do this through the Catholic Women's Masterclass, The Genius Podcast, which you're listening to, our one-on-one Catholic mindset coaching programs for women, as well as our online virtual events. If you are interested in finding out about any of these initiatives, please visit our website, www.geniusproject.co or come and follow us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily. And you can also watch the live recordings of these podcast episodes on our Genius Project YouTube channel. So head on over to YouTube, you can subscribe, hit notifications, and then you'll get notified for every new episode that drops. Ladies, if you are living in Australia, I would really love to invite you to join us for the Sisterhood National Catholic Women's Conference, which will be taking place in just maybe 10 days time, maybe nine actually, 17th to the 19th of March in Stanmore Top, Sydney, Australia. This is an incredible weekend where women from right around Australia come together, they come from all ages and stages in life for a weekend of prayer and praise, adoration and the sacraments, high quality keynote talks and workshops, as well as just beautiful time gathering as a sisterhood community with other women. You can find out more about the conference at www.sisterhood.org.au. Now, ladies, we have a number of very, very generous people who have sponsored some tickets for women who are undergoing financial hardship at the moment. Now, if you find yourself in that position, we'd really love you to reach out, info at sisterhood.org.au. Send us an email because we'd love to bless you with one of those tickets so that you can come to the conference and just be renewed and restored and really poured into. It's really going to be a conference like you're just not going to want to miss it. So make sure you go and check out the details. On this week's episode of the Genius Podcast, I am airing a conversation that I had with Rachel Wong probably 12 months ago now. And it is all around this beautiful topic of the feminine genius. And the reason I'm airing it this week is because we're talking about, the world is talking about International Women's Day. And I really want to remind and elevate your gaze towards heaven about our true value and dignity as women created in the image and likeness of God. That we actually have been given unique gifts and a unique way in which we are called to make manifest God's glory and his presence and be Christ bearers here on earth. Rachel is from Canada. She was the host of the Feminine Genius podcast, but she is now discerning religious life, so she's no longer podcasting at this time. But this was a really rich conversation with Rachel. It's definitely a passion of mine, unpacking John Paul II's beautiful teachings around the Feminine Genius. And I really hope and pray that this conversation is a blessing for you today. Well, Rachel, welcome to the Genius Podcast. It's so wonderful to have you join us today all the way from Canada on the other side of the world. You're at 3pm, is that right? 3.30. That's right. That's right. At 10.30 in the morning. But welcome. I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while now. And you and I share very much a kindred spirit and a mission to help women understand their feminine genius. Can you tell us, I guess, a little bit about yourself and your ministry with your Feminine Genius podcast? Sure. So, you know, I love that you said kindred spirit, because I think that's exactly what came to mind, just as, you know, 
we were just chatting before we hit record about how we kind of came to know one another. And I think that's really the heart and soul of this ministry that we both share, even though we're in two opposite ends of the world. Um, but the Feminine Genius podcast, uh, just really briefly, it came about after I went to World Youth Day. So in 2019, I was in Panama and uh, the Lord had really impressed upon me uh, two things. Uh, the first was just this need to, to tell women's stories and to really amplify some of the incredible things that I was seeing in my community, uh, but also to remind me of the fact that who I am and as I am is, is simply enough. And I, th I know that we throw that around quite a bit. We hear it at every retreat and, and every devotional we read that we are enough, but how many times do we actually believe that to be true deep down? Um, so that's what the Lord did. He introduced this to me in January of 2019. Um, like many good Catholics, I ran away from what God was asking me to do <laughs> for, for a solid five months. And then I was in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and in one of the times in my life where he spoke so clearly, uh, you know, he gave me everything down to the name. And of course, as you know, Karen, like the feminine genius is a term that John Paul II, uh, you know, he penned in his letter to woman, which he wrote in 1995. And uh, truly, the rest is history. Uh, you know, that was already two and a half years ago, and the podcast has just been such a blessing in my life. But I think more than that, just the opportunity to meet other women like yourself from all over the world and hear what they're doing uh, and just share that incredible truth that God impressed upon me that, you know, I am enough and you are enough and everybody listening and watching is enough too. Amen. And it's such an important message. I like what you said, where you said we hear it all the time at all of the retreats, everywhere we go. But it has to, it's a truth, a fundamental truth that has to descend from our minds, knowing it, into our spirit where we begin to live it. And I mm -hmm. think, I, I know this is true in my life, I've seen it in other women's lives, that when that truth finally descends, that huge aha moment where you mm -hmm. really grasp your identity as the beloved daughter and then all of your validation and your worth and your dignity kind of just spills into the rest of your life, there's a freedom that comes just right. who God has created you to be, isn't there? It's a beautiful moment when that happens. I know my mm -hmm. moment happened, I've shared this on the podcast, but my husband and I went through six years of infertility before we mm -hmm. were able to conceive our first child. And I remember coming across John Paul II's work on women way back, you know, like almost 20 years ago now. And it was a profound moment was that revelation of identity and mm -hmm. that kind of changed the course of my life. And I think what you're saying is same for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like just the, and, and you know, you touch upon this too, where it's so uh, timeless. Like it was almost as if when I first read that letter, it was almost as if he had written it that morning. And not only that, right here was the Pope and now a saint as we know him, it almost seemed like he had, you know, wrote dear rachel on the top and and i love that he really he had like john paul ii had that heart for women and just really had that way with words but also truly like writing from the father's heart so you know writing kind of again like in persona christi um and 
just make being that bridge between God the Father and like you said, from having that head to heart moment. I really love that and kind of making that journey with us um, in such a clear and tangible way. Yeah, absolutely. So share with me, Rachel, your like when you read John Paul II's work or when you connected with it for the first time, what was it that really resonated with you? What grabbed you the most? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this line in there that says, you know, thank you, every woman, for the simple fact of being a woman. And, you know, like, I, I think as a as a younger person, certainly, like, I never questioned my sexuality. But certainly one of the things that I really came up against was how do I serve as a Catholic woman? Now, we know that, like, in the church, like, the Catholic church hierarchy, it is, it's dominated by men, and, and there's a reason for that, and I'm not here to dispute or argue against, you know, what has been tradition um, passed down from Christ up until now, but all the same, I, you know, I saw, like, all of these women in my midst, and to be honest, like, I felt kind of jealous. You know, I saw women who knew exactly what they wanted to do, or at least there's the illusion that they knew what they wanted to do. So whether it was to get married or enter into a religious community, um, you know, they had their degrees all figured out and they knew what their career path was going to be. I felt very abandoned by the Lord at that time. Like I had all of these trivial and, and miscellaneous interests and I just... It, feel, it felt like I couldn't cobble together a career path or it didn't seem like I had a way forward. Whereas everybody else, it just seemed like, okay, A goes to B and then B goes to C. But somehow I was at Z and I'm like, okay, well, what comes next? I have no idea what comes next. Um, and I think once I read that, you know, especially that line and like there's such, again, like such simplicity to the words and yet it seemed like everything was opened up to me where uh, like the simple fact of being a woman. So the innate fact that when the Lord created me um, at my conception, he had destined for me to be female. Um, but what does that really mean? And how do I actually live that out? All of the, the beautiful gifts that he's blessed me with, um, but also some of the immense suffering that I've had to endure. And then of course, like all this existential stuff around his placement of me in the world, his placement of me with a particular family. Um, why 2021 versus like in the the mid, mid of like 1500s or something like that, right? So all of these like weird kind of rabbit holes that we could go down about our identity. You know, once I understood that in light of me just simply being a woman, but not only that, like a daughter of a king, uh, everything, like there's just so much more purpose that opened up and you said earlier freedom and i absolutely agree it's that there's just so much freedom and opportunity but also within like a very particular confines of okay he made me rachel a woman in this time in this place and i am one of the every woman that john paul ii talks about so i think it kind of it blew my mind wide open but also it gave me a sense of direction. So in a very weird paradoxical way. Um, so I hope that answers the question because it's a bit of a, a mind trick, right? It's so. beautiful. And this is the thing, John Paul II never actually writes really clearly these are the qualities of the feminine genius. And in all his work, even in Theology of the Body, he's inviting right. us also into our own journey of discovery. So mm -hmm. how, I guess, those beautiful principles and the rich teachings of our church actually relate to our own life. And so that's what, 
you're describing, just this beautiful journey of revelation and realisation of coming mm -hmm. to that place. And I think he was very good at doing that. If just sort of like, you know, here's the car. Let's not look at the car, but let's get inside it and see what the mm -hmm. experience is like. And so I think that is his, his genius really in terms of his writing and his teachings and the legacy he's left the church is that even though like all these years later, somebody can pick up Mulieris Dignitatum or his letter to women, it can have yes. the same profound impact as when he penned those beautiful documents. And I know for me, that revelation was really around, I think the first opening statement of Mulieris Dignitatum for me was mm -hmm. that hour is coming. In fact, it has come when yes. you know, women acknowledge and have a power in the world never to have been achieved before. And the key mm -hmm. line that grabbed me was that women filled with the spirit of the gospel can do so much to aid humanity in not falling. Yes. I remember reading that. And for myself, like you were talking about feeling lost in terms of career. For me, it was lost because I couldn't be fruitful and multiply, which is what every woman should do. Yeah. What I thought, that trajectory similar to do your degree, get married, have children, live happily ever after. And, and life does not go that way. <laughs> I think <laughs> we get incredibly disillusioned. It's a rude awakening, like finding out that Santa Claus is not real. Um, <laughs> and I, I had to tell my kids last year because they were getting a little bit older. Anyway, we still <laughs> pretend. <laughs> but it's, it's that rude awakening where we realise life is not the happily ever after and that we ha actually have to find Christ in the midst of that and to walk and to learn to walk with grace and peace in the midst of the trials. And mm -hmm. that's something that we're going to dive into in this episode today. But I love that term you used, daughter of the king. Mm -hmm. And I love it because I remember during my journey of discovery when I first read John Paul II's teachings, I also went to a um, non-denominational women's conference and they had this big banner and it said princess, warrior, daughter. And it had mm. soared through the middle of it. And it just, it was like, whoa. And it was compounded with this revelation from John Paul II that I was, my womanhood was not just about my ability to bear biological children. Like my womanhood, mm. like you're describing, was a gift. And I think, you know, with this whole concept of this feminine genius, it's very much about understanding that we are princess, that we are God's beloved daughter and daughter of the king, that we're warriors, that he has actually <laughs> equipped us with incredible gifts and our own unique genius to fight the battles that we need to fight. And you <laughs> talked about, you touched on just being born in this moment. Uh, the scripture from Esther keeps coming to mind in prayer. Recently. Absolutely. You're born for such a time as this. And, and I don't know about you in Canada, but in Australia, there's so much just swirling around this pandemic and the blowout from that, that I'm reminded in prayer that if we're born for such a time as this, then God will equip us and grace us to live in such a time as this. And I Amen. think this feminine genius is very much at the heart of that. So yeah. I'd love to dive a bit more deeply into that with you in terms of, I guess, your ministry with women when you're doing your podcast. And I know we do our interviews here at the Genius Podcast as well. But what are some of the standout qualities that you see in women around this feminine genius? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you speak about some of the, like the difficult trials, right? And absolutely, that quote from Esther about, um, you know, for you were born for a time such as this, right? So Esther being such a, a great hallmark of that. And, you know, when you think about, or you ask about, excuse me, like standout qualities, I think 
one of the things that the Lord has really revealed to me uh, just time and time again uh, is how women have been so, um, you know, so resilient, right? So all of the, the stories and the women that I've had the great opportunity to interview, I would say like 100% of the time or very close, like 99.98% of the time, I'm entering in to a conversation because I am a fan of her artwork or she's a brilliant musician or she's a power lifter. And I just want to know how I too can lift weights like that. You know, just yeah. big successes and, and gifts and dreams, goals, you name it, right? So kind of the, the quote unquote good stuff or the stuff that makes it onto social media. What I realize as we go into these conversations is that, you know, behind all of the maybe quote unquote glitz and glamour, there are some serious hurts and trials and tragedies that women have had to go through. So, you know, abortion or miscarriage, sexual assault, mental illness, you know, all of these things. And it reminds me that, um, you know, like you said, God equips us for a lot of these battles. And I want to be clear too, that this is not God spiting us or putting obstacles in our way, but ultimately there's a real opportunity here for as we go through these sufferings, there's a real opportunity for God to be glorified. And to your point, you know, we are equipped with such power and dignity and also whatever it is that we need to get through this um, and also get other people through this as well. So, you know, recently, like the Lord has really been impressing that upon me, but also, uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, venerables, uh, Fulton Sheen, he talks about how there is no resurrection without the crucifixion. And that is the Christian life, right? Is It's that ultimate dichotomy that Jesus, like he too had to suffer in order for himself to be glorified, for God to be glorified. And the fact that we, uh, you know, in our own ways are able to participate in that is actually, uh, it's a real honor and it's a gift. So as strange as that might sound, suffering in itself is a gift because it reminds us that we are united with Christ and then we too will be glorified with him and we bring glory to him. So I think that's really the biggest thing that I am reminded of time and time again. Every time I go into an interview, I have to remind myself that yes, like there is, there's real beauty and there's real gift here, but the gift is not um, just contained to the quote unquote good things, right? It's also the, the, maybe the not so great things that are also a gift too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, similar to you, I find that when we dive in and we share our story, we realize that people who really, people, the women that I really admire, the ones that, like you said, are kicking the goals or who are, you know, have a beautiful faith that they've cultivated with the Lord, mm -hmm. they all have suffered incredibly. And it's yeah. been their attitude in the midst of that suffering that has really, I guess, brought the beauty from ashes in their life and is a gift to other people as well. So, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's amazing. Women are incredible. And like you said, thank you to every woman for who they are and what they bring. And one of the, the great challenges for many women, I'm sure you would agree, is just that comparison trap that women mm -hmm into so this whole idea behind John Paul II's feminine genius is really about us 
understanding, asking the Lord, you know, what are the gifts that you've uniquely given me and how are you asking me to respond and to serve with these gifts? And I think that's how you just cut that comparison trap off because when you're focused on the Lord and who the Lord is in you, then Mm. those things sort of, they fall away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And especially in a time such as now where Instagram and, and other social media, as I'm sure you know, like it's, it just puts the world at our fingertips, which can be very good, but can also uh, really inflame that comparison trap that you speak of. Because, you know, all at once we're seeing what other people are doing. Um, and, and maybe sometimes, yes, like they are doing it better or worse or whatever it might be. And we then kind of look to ourselves and be like, oh, I need to be like that person or the reverse is true where it's like oh i'm doing so much better than that person i'm so glad that i'm not in their shoes and it's a very difficult thing uh to to really live through and and work through um just because it can bring out uh the worst in us uh and and ultimately like that's not who we're called to be it's like we're called to be uh so much more the lord uh you know, he desires for us to, to live a life to the full. And and sometimes I find that by buying into that comparison trap, we kind of muzzle ourselves and we're just holding ourselves back sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the unredeemed side of femininity, isn't it? But the redeemed side is so beautiful when we do live in that genius and, and we mm-hmm. really bring that. But I think actually living that comes from that opening statement in Molieris Dignitatum is women who are filled with the spirit of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So if we want to do great things, if we want to do great things for the Lord, we have to really be cultivating that interior spiritual life with the Lord because that is the place that everything flows from. Rachel, I'm really keen in this conversation to, I guess, dive into what happens and and how the feminine genius is hindered through, I guess, the wounds or the -hmm. difficulties in life because one of the hallmark qualities of the feminine genius is that of receptivity. And we look at the Blessed Mother Mary as she's... John Paul II describes her as the exemplar, the perfect example of womanhood and how womanhood is to be lived out. So her total receptivity, her total openness to God meant that the saviour of the world was born and you and I and everybody else has experienced this salvation and we experience Mm -hmm. it on an ongoing basis as well. But there's so many things that can really close our hearts and can damage that receptivity and that is the foundation of the qualities of the feminine genius and I think one of those big areas that shuts our hearts down is when people wound us whether that's Mm -hmm. intentionally or unintentionally and this is an area I'd love to just I guess flesh out a little bit more with you today it's also just the day-to-day outworking of relationship which is hard work right it's never Mm -hmm. easy if we want to have good relationships we do need to work at it But I'm interested in, I guess, your thoughts around this idea of receptivity and how when people hurt us, that can really impact and damage that gift of receptivity within us as women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, you know, we were commenting before we hit record about sometimes how boys, right, especially like maybe they, they find themselves in an argument or an actual literal fight Uh, And then five minutes later, you know, they are totally fine and they're playing with each other again. But for women, it seems like the one thing that happens, you know, from maybe younger girls all the way up until, 
actual adult women, uh, holding grudges seems to be an Olympic sport sometimes. Um, and I say that about myself as much as I'm sure maybe other women can agree, but truly, like you said, I think it's that, that hurt and again, comparison, jealousy, envy, whatever it might be that really does, uh, it chokes out a lot of the, the kind of the beautiful opportunity that we do have to receive other women exactly as they are and meet them where they are too um so so actually just as you were you know reflecting upon that and you know talking about hurt and how that can hinder us you know i i gave a talk a couple months ago about the relationship between uh mary and elizabeth right so the visitation you know a beautiful thing to reflect upon during advent and just thinking about like what would have happened if elizabeth was hostile or jealous of Our Lady, right? Because here is Our Lady who is so young and suddenly is called upon to bear the Savior of the world. Whereas Elizabeth, who the Gospels note is in her old age and had been barren for so long. Um, and sure, yes, she too had received this beautiful gift of life, you know, John the Baptist in her womb. But I think there could have been many instances for her to be bitter, to be upset. And then, you know, here's Mary showing up with the savior of the world. It's like, well, why didn't I get the savior of the world? After all I've sacrificed, after all of the humiliation I've endured, why, why stop at just John the Baptist? Why not give me the savior of the world? Um, and I just remember, like, as I was preparing for that talk, like, really buying into that. And of course, like, I, I hate to kind of dwell on hypotheticals. And of course, we know how the story goes. But truly like there was certainly many op opportunities for elizabeth to have been bitter um, and upset and yet how you know you talk about receptivity how she just opened up her home she opened up her whole and entire self to receive mary uh and and to really praise her and welcome her and just shower her with like true feminine sisterly motherly affection and just how that in itself like nurtures that relationship for Mary and Mary reciprocates that as well. Um, so, you know, to, to go back to your initial question, like the, the challenge that we find in our day and age is really allowing for ourselves to recognize the gift that the other person is. Um, and then particularly when people do hurt us, as you're noting, uh, you know, like those people who are inherently good and, and trying to seek the good in them um, and remembering the fact that God does reside in them too. But many times because we're fallen um, and because we are sinful in nature too, it can be hard uh, to allow for ourselves to really take that step back and also welcome them in the same way that Elizabeth welcomed Mary, right? So again, just recognizing that each of us have Christ within us and taking that time to take a step back and try and, you know, very diligently like pray to God for that patience and that wisdom to be able to receive um, in the beautiful way that Elizabeth did. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And it's a lovely reflection actually on the visitation, isn't it? Mm. I, I really like that. And that sisterhood that exists between the two of them, because a lot of these hurts and pains happen in our female relationships and friendships, not so much, with the males in our life, but often in the female arena. And I think you're right. I have two daughters and a son. <laughs> 
And um, that when the girls disagree, don't see eye to eye, it's a different experience to when one, my son and one of the girls disagrees. Right. My son is just, he's the sweetest thing. He's just like, someone says, sorry, he goes, okay, no worries. I think oh. he moves on and he's done. Whereas the girls were, you know, I, I remember doing a talk on marriage once and um, I'd heard somebody say, this man said, every time my wife, you know, we have a fight, she gets historical. And the other guy goes, don't you mean hysterical? He goes, no, historical, because she knows everything going back to the dawn of time. And as women, we have that capacity. And I I think there's a couple of things that we can do as women. One is just to pray for this holy forgetfulness that Mm -hmm. once a wrong has occurred, and, and obviously we need to seek that reconciliation. We need to either ask for forgiveness or to grant forgiveness. Mm -hmm. this is very very hard and I think one of the sticking points for so many is but if I forgive them then they're they've been let off from what Mm. they're you know the weight of what they've actually done but I think what we need to realize and most women do realize this but unforgiveness is like a cancer in the soul like it really has the capacity to eat you up um, Mm -hmm. and to really damage and block I guess you accessing into that throne of grace with the Lord in your own life The other thing is just around this idea of taking the bait. And John Mm. Bevere wrote a great book called The Bait of Satan. And he said the bait of Satan is actually offence. So whenever Mm. we feel slighted or offended or hurt, like Satan's right there in that moment. I mean, God is there as well, but Satan's there kind of offering you this bait of offence. And so I think that's one thing I do see in the lives of many women that we get offended quite easily and we take that bait of Satan and then we start having the hypothetical arguments in the shower on our own. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> nope, 100%. <laughs> that bait of satan and it's such a discipline that we really need to ask the holy spirit to help us with is to not and to resist that bait to not take that bait because it doesn't lead anywhere good at all i know in my own life i have experienced this last year we had someone visit our home and they had to leave because their behavior was so out of line and and not Mm -hmm. at all appropriate and that was a very difficult situation that was quite upsetting for us as a family and I remember the next morning going to my friend and just you know weeping and crying of the grief of what had happened um, Mm -hmm. through no one else's fault other than this person just lacked self-control and and she just said to me I'm just going to pray for you that you forgive them right now like it wasn't Mm -hmm. even it was just hours after it had happened And as she prayed with me, I actually did. I just released it and let it go. And there was a freedom that just came from that moment. So, Mm -hmm. yes, the wound was still there and it still hurt. The sting was there, but there was a freedom and a forgiveness. And I think as women, it's something that we are invited into more and more with the Lord is this forgiveness, this area of just letting go and, and granting forgiveness to people. Have you ever had an experience in your life where you've struggled with that yourself? Oh, certainly. I mean, I think, you know, when you, your your point about kind of female to female relationships and how that differs from, you know, female to male relationships, absolutely. I feel like the, the ways in which we grant forgiveness is, is definitely different. Um, and then also like how we act and, and kind of relate to that. So I found myself, you know, probably more times than I would like to admit about holding on to grudges and and not being totally ready to forgive. Um, but like, you know, in particular, like one 
moment that kind of stands out to me, and I know we were kind of chatting about this earlier, was just around, uh, particularly in ministry, like someone, you know, kind of saying to me offhandedly that they, you know, they felt like I had ripped off some of their stuff or like some of their ministry. And, you know, of course, like as anyone who has created content, uh, you know, we, we feel very protective of the things that we create. And, you know, like all I could do, like in the moment was like, when I received this note was just, you know, first off kind of feel very, you know, I love that you mentioned like the, the bait of Satan, right? But just kind of instantly, I was like, what do you mean? Like I'm getting defensive and just taking offense from this person. Um, but I just realized too, that like in my own kind of the hypothetical arguments that I was having, um, you know, so you're not the only one there, Karen. Um, but certainly like just kind of, I realized that I was presented with a choice there. Um, and it was a choice to either like totally explode and, and go all out and, and really honestly go against everything that I had I stand for in terms of, you know, living out the feminine genius and being blessed with this beautiful gift in my life. Or, you know, it's to to take that other road of, you know, pausing, taking a step back, even putting your phone away for a bit of time and just really praying and asking God for guidance and direction. Um, and I say this, like, you know, not to kind of just shine a light on how well I can manage my own behavior or whatever else, but, you know, truly, like, that was one of the times where I felt God, like, I could see him in front of me just, like, holding out, like, two choices. He's like, you do have a choice here. You do have an opportunity uh, to, to, to come with me or, you know, to fall into the near occasion of sin or to, to be tempted into pride and growing your ego and all those types of things and you know it was hard i remember asking a friend to pray for me but also for this this other person um who you know i i don't know what their situation is and i'm not sure what had compelled them to to say things like that to me but you know all we can do sometimes is to pray for their own healing for for that other person and also for ourselves to come to a place of grace and, and to recognize that everybody's got their own life and the hurts that, you know, we're all reeling from because we're all wounded and we all have things that we need to deal with. Um, but truly, like I, like you said, God is always with us. But in that moment, uh, you know, I wish and in looking back to I wish that there were more moments like that where I could have had the kind of like that pause to actually choose because I know that as especially as a younger person I have time and time again chose uh not that and would choose to get angry and you know like you said it like resentment and uh like holding grudges it really does eat away and take away from our joy and our freedom um and it's not that's not what we're meant to do so Yes, absolutely. A lot of instances like that, but I'm hoping that I'm moving towards a better way to handle that. And I think that comes, doesn't it, with maturity and growth in faith as well. And as you're mm -hmm. speaking, I'm reminded of that verse in Deuteronomy, today I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. 
Now, yes. So he doesn't just give us a choice. He even tells us now choose life. <laughs> and so in our lives as women, like choosing beatitude, choosing forgiveness, choosing the road less traveled does take us towards Christ more and more. And I guess conform us more to his image, because that's the whole point really of our life here on earth. Right. Yeah. Now, Rachel, tell me, you, um, you, had this message on your heart more recently about resting in the Lord's goodness. And I think there is a lesson here that when we are hurt or when we're slighted, wounded, we can often feel invalidated. We can feel humiliated, all of those experiences. And none of those experiences feel very nice. And so we can ask the question like, why is this happening? And this isn't fair. And we can get quite defensive, as you say, but one of the other ways in which we can deal with this as women is to ask those inquiry questions of where is the Lord leading me through this experience? Mm -hmm. Like you said, God doesn't cause it, but he can use it. And so mm -hmm. if we're open, if we have that receptivity, what is the Lord using this for? How is he going to work? How is he going to grow in my life? So I'm just wondering your reflections there on this thing, this message that's been on your heart around resting in the goodness of God and trust mm -hmm. him and how God is at work, even in the midst of, I guess, hurtful situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, St. Ignatius comes to mind, right? So seeking the good in all things. And I have to say, like, especially in, uh, you know, the times that we have right now, like you noted that in Australia, there's a lot of uh, just devastation happening with COVID and otherwise here in my part of Canada, we've actually experienced some um, just tremendous uh, and horrific weather incidences as well, where flooding has destroyed people's homes and farmland and like property livelihood, you name it, right? So they're, again, like you said, you asked the question of like, what good can come from this? And you know, many times, like it really does take the eyes of faith uh, and patience to to be able to, like you said, like, you know, be able to rest and and wait, I think kind of like hope against hope, as they say in the scriptures, and, and just recognize that there is goodness to come from this. It might not be right now, and probably it might not be, you know, even the next day or the next week. Um, but many times in retrospect, right, like we can look back and see how God has worked or acted in a particular way and many times because we are us and god is god he has a way of weaving himself into stories um, in a way that we would have never expected so i think i'm always reminded of the fact that you know because he is a good god and he will never let us you know go astray or go unattended uh, without his grace and his love uh, many times like it's it's kind of that resting right and I think especially it's pertinent to women because we always are ready to act and it's a good trait I think it's good to be active and not passive um, it's good to take action but many times like we take upon too much and we fail to see some of the good things that are happening or you know, maybe he already is inviting us to take a step back and rest. But here we are trying to like work away at something or try to cultivate a solution for ourselves. And many times like we land ourselves in maybe more trouble than we initially were in. So 
it's kind of that twofold invitation there is to remember that he is good and he always has been, always will be. He will never fail us. Um, but also that invitation to rest in him, right? To sit at his feet and really seek direction from him. So allow for him to, to tell us how to act, how to respond or where to go next. Um, and sometimes, and I think this is probably the hardest part is when he is silent. Um, it's not that he is you know, giving us the silent treatment or the cold shoulder, but perhaps it really is that if he's, if he's being silent, then maybe we too need to take that opportunity to rest and quiet our hearts so that we can really hear him and really um, just be attentive. And, and especially in the time like Advent, right? Like as we prepare for the coming of his birth in our hearts, you know, really being attentive and really allowing for ourselves to rest, be still and, and to wait. Well, I hope that conversation really ignited something within you about your value and your dignity as a woman and what it is that you actually have to offer. Not only that, that it gives you a little food for thought to go away and think about how you might be able to really cultivate and nurture the unique gifts of the feminine genius that God has placed within you. If you'd like to go deeper with this content, if you'd like to find out more about John Paul II's Feminine Genius, can I invite you to check out our online course? You can find that at www.geniusproject.co on the courses page. This is a very short four-part course which deep dives into, I guess, what it means to speak of the genius of womanhood. It's a beautiful project, so go and check it out. Once again, ladies, if you haven't registered for Sisterhood, go on over and check out the website www.geniusproject.co. We really hope and pray that you'll be able to join us. If you're liking what you hear on the Genius Podcast, can I ask you to do me a small favor? If you could head on over to the podcast platform and just leave a review and a rating. It would be really helpful in terms of promoting the work of the Genius Podcast. Until next week, ladies, I hope and pray that you are having a blessed and a holy Lent. And I look forward to joining you again next week on the Genius Podcast. God bless.